here with RDS3. Uh, Richard, listen, before we get to it, I want to I be honest with you. I had trouble following you. I, I follow you on Twitter, and I'm looking. I'm like, RDS3, and I'm like, I, where, where is he? I can't find him. And your Twitter handle now is Smith of Seattle. <laughs> Are you are you trying to avoid me, or is this done uh, for some other reason? I mean, I guess it's like um, you know you could consider it maybe more of a rebranding, you know, of me. <laughs> a re- um, rebranding, I love it. Starting yeah. <laughs> anew, twenty twenty one. Starting right. anew, I love it. Right, right. Like a, a more like maybe family you know centric uh, account, you know, like the, I, I always the think Smiths like, of so, Seattle. I, I, it's yeah, it's, it's very formal. Yeah, yeah, the Smiths, and you know, we actually, my wife and I, and I, we both love the Smiths, so it's kind of the band from the Smiths, you know, so it's kind of, kind of fits well that way too. But, um, yeah, so it's kind of like a rebranding, and um, <laughs> no, it wasn't done to avoid you. I find with so I find with social media that like, you know, I'll, I'll put something out there, and you know, I and as you know, and some of the might know, I was a I was a writer, a sports journalist at one point. Yes. But I've written all kinds of different things. But, you know, so I, I like to write. So that's already like kind of my thing. But I throw something out there and I always find like the, the next day or I look back on it or the next week, even I'm like, I don't like this. Like, I don't, why did I put this up? You know, like, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of like trying to post like as little as possible or just like responses to other people like your stuff or, you know, um, I, I don't know why. So like, you know, putting Smith of Seattle kind of reminds me like I'm in a family, you know, I'm, I'm representing, you know, the household and just to put like positive thing, you know what I'm saying? I want to, I want to try to stay positive with it. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and, so, and, so that's, and so that's kind of the reason. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and uh, just for our listeners, I mean, uh, you know, you, you, you finished a screenplay, you're a writer, journalist, you know, you, you, you know, you've worked at, at Fred Hutch. I mean, you name it. Um, you you have your radio station, independent owned and operated nonprofit at klabradio.io. Um, you have created and trademarked Hyperphysics, uh, Energy Elixir, and Brain Booster, and we go quote unquote for the nerd in year. So it, you've done so much. But before we started the show, we really had a great conversation about family, you know, and and your family. You have your wife and your two kids, Rex and Joseph, and uh, and what they really have. Uh, meant for you especially in the past year what what really stands out for you from everything that's happened from 2020 um into 2021 you're in a biracial uh, relationship uh family and what what have you seen the most what, what was really enlightening for you in the last year seeing everything that has happened uh, in the United States, here in Seattle, uh, what happened with Floyd, everything, how has that impacted your family? And yeah, that's a hell of a question there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think what sticks out the most is that, you know, I've, I have a deeper, I think, understanding of life, you know, meditating um, on things and, and, you know, sometimes uh, aided by the, aided by cannabis, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. uh, it helps me get into that zone. You know, it's just, it's hard to get into that zone in life, you know? And so um, thinking about justice, you know, like thinking about Martin Luther King, for example, I I watched the documentary on him and, uh, you know, my, the, the, my favorite part of the whole thing was that, you know, before the last day before his life, the night before he had spent time with his family and they had like a really good time. They played piano apparently. And, um, before he flew to Memphis, you know, and, um, apparently it was like a really just great time he had with his family and wife and kids. And his wife was like, you know, Hey, you know, when you come back and we have more of these times, you know, and King was already struggling with like, should I be going out on the road all the time and trying to, you know, the civil rights movement is important, but like, I also am a family man, you know, you know, you saw like, it was amazing. Like he lived in the same house his whole life. He was like such a humble man, you know? Um, and so, and then the next morning also before he, you know, before the tragic moment, Jesse Jackson was talking about, you know, he was one of the guys that was with him 
and um, he was saying like, "I'm okay." He was really stressed out, so that, like he was he was battling these internal things of should I stop this and just focus on my family, you know, because that's also important. And so he had this struggle, and, and I guess he ultimately decided that you know this is going to have to happen. Uh, it's almost like he kind of knew that this was going to happen, you know. Like it's almost like he. That's why you know when he went out the night before he's like you know i no longer fear death you know he was like he he had transcended this you know the concept of like life and, and vanity and he's like you know true freedom is is uh i can't remember the thing he said but that's something to do with like uh, no longer caring about money and but it was it was a good quote but he's, he's basically saying that true freedom is not just external you know it's internal as well and so he's struggling with uh, with this, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and fight for you know civil rights, but I'm gonna kind of have to sacrifice my family life. So it was like, but it's the morning anyway, the morning of, of when that happened. Apparently, he was having a really good time. Like they were laughing and joking, and you know. So I like knowing that like his last moments were happy, you know. Yeah. But anyway, my my point in all this is that, you know. He sacrificed. He he realized, as a man who loved his family, he he gave that. Uh, he knew essentially he was not going to get to have those times anymore. You know, because in his head he knew this was going to happen. I mean, everyone says like he just basically knew because he 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 had gone to some of these like little small towns in Illinois, I guess, and like he had said that you know the the people there were like looked so angry at him that he couldn't even fathom like the way they looked. You know, it was almost, it scared him. And, like, I guess for years after that, he was kind of scared. He was, like, skittish. He started, like, I guess, having speech impediments, and you know. So he was really worried about this uh, coming to him, and he knew it was going to happen. And just, you know, so he, and it was just really, it, you know, it kind of made me tear up that he sacrificed his family life, like the most precious thing to him, you know. He gave that up because he knew that, like, there was a bigger cause, you know, and so anyway, I think I should not take for granted that time with my family, you know? Yeah. Thinking about like what he gave up and thinking about my own family. So over this last year, you know, we've had a lot of time to sit and reflect. And, you know, I, I think people had to really decide like what's, what's important to them. And I think one of the troubling things about our society is that just we won't slow down. You know, it's like we're taking unnecessary risks. Um, going out, you know, to restaurants. And stuff. I mean, it's like, and, and it's really sad that we have to keep doing that, you know. But just to stay alive, to pay, you know, to pay your rent and such. Did so, did the upheaval that had happened in the city this past year um, really a, a affect you as a family? Uh, you live in uh, in South Seattle. Um, there yeah. are a lot of things happening in that and everywhere in, in the city, but especially in certain um, areas in your neighborhood. Um, was was you really concerned, or was it really eye opening? It's almost kind of like two things. It, there there's this fear about what was happening with the protests and and really the escalation night in and night out. At the same time, I I, I would think, uh, and at least from my uh, perspective, um, I felt also some comfort that people are um, unifying for something that's bigger and it was everyone it, you know yeah. it, it was everyone that was important to them so it wasn't just you know uh, black and brown people but also you know white people you know it, it was people that cared about the same things and when you could look across and see everybody walking marching protesting yeah. um you know you know we we even participated in in marches silent marches you know just in unity yeah. and, and that aspect of it gave me a little bit of hope what was your interpretation of everything that kind of happened when it came to that yeah i think you mean like the uh the chop zone and that yeah chopped and and just all the protests around the city um you know from uh in 2020 yeah i mean you know, um, like I was saying before, it's it's the it's the inability to, to just stop the money turning machine. You know that that leads a lot of people to um, 
to not have the time to reflect, you know, to sit and think about what's going on. So to your point, yeah, when, when everyone's sitting around really thinking about these issues, you know, because we had the time and, and seeing them happen before our eyes, like again and again, you know, it was like, it was like almost like a day wouldn't go by without a, a police shooting, you know? And so I think people finally just like, look, you know, yes, you know, there's a, there's a virus, but I mean, again, kind of like what MLK did, there are some things that even are more important than, than living, you know? And I think a lot of people that went out to the marches and, and were really into that, made that, made that choice, you know? And then of course you had people that are kind of like rogue, uh, you know, anarchists in the mix that are destroying things and, you know, but that's not the overall. Well, take, taking advantage of the situation, right? I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, you know, unfortunately, in. people have used as an example of you know, look at what they're doing to their communities and and look how they're acting. And this is yeah. you know why X, Y, and Z. And and the reality is, uh, in any situation, you know, just people take advantage, right? You know, if if there's chaos yeah. going on, you're gonna have yeah. certain individuals saying, "Oh, it's perfect distraction. I'm gonna go break it's something and." take something you know because there's an opportunity there but the problem is when you know everyone kind of focus on not everyone when certain people focus on that highlight that and you know and obviously uh the last especially the last few years has been highlighted of how much the media um depending on what channel you're on influences uh people's thinking which is a whole yeah. other problem yeah um yeah it's such a a weird spot we're in in America. You know, it's just it's, watching things unfold now is it, just so just bizarre. You know, yeah, is, is, is it an escalation of you know um, of social media or things like exponentially increasing or and, and like you said, you know, the rogue put the the people who are taking advantage of the situation. That's kind of like a uh, like when I got pneumonia. You know, like you know, you have a virus and then and then the bacteria shoots in to fill the void you know they see oh there's chaos in the body you know the immune system's down and the stuff that's in you all the time that usually your body fends off now it can't because it's it's preoccupied so then that's when like something like pneumonia so yeah See, that's um, a scientist talking in you where, you where you give these examples, you know, I, 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 I love it. And that's what, you know, people need to understand is and this is your thinking, you know, and, uh, yeah, you, yeah. Know, you, you know, you know, you think of it in these in these type of terms and in, in these, you know, scientific terms, because this is what you do. And this is the way your mind yeah. uh, works. Yeah. And, and by the way, you know, um, you know, you working at, at Fred Hutch and that vaccination is out and people are getting it. What what excitement for you or your hope? Uh, for you uh, going forward with 2021 now that the vaccination is up and running and Fred Hutch was such a big part of that and uh, it's you know especially working in the the vaccine infectious uh, infectious division well oh, one last little point on the, on the little analogy I made I heard someone else say this about about like the protests and such it's like we see it's like society seeing an infection in this case police brutality and then people swarming to it like the way antibodies swarm to you know fend off a disease i thought that was an interesting analogy too that um, that's perfect right yeah so anyway and then uh, so now on to the hope uh you know the the hope is that here, here's really what I, I there's there's two facets to it there's like the scientific part of me and then there's like the emotional i guess maybe philosophical part of me you know, that, that part of me is an extension of what, what we were talking about, what stands out about the year. We're like, I'm, the hope is that people are starting to realize that, you know, a life of vanity and materialism is not the way. You shouldn't put all your chips into that kind of existence, you know, because now we're seeing that, like, I mean, what really is money and, and what is vanity without the human attachment? You know, we you know what I'm saying? Like a lot, a lot of life and money spending is stunting. You know, you, you've heard this term, right? Stunning. You yeah, go yeah. out and you spend money. You want to show people. And when you can't do that, suddenly a life that you've dedicated to vanity, and we all do this, you know, we all have egos and vanity. It, it becomes a fool's errand, you know, like you see it for what it is, which is nothing, you know, like what really matters your family, your friends. So I'm hoping that people come out of this with like a, a renewed sense of like, 
of, of that, of you know, of family, friendships, things that are important, you know. Um, and then there's the scientific part. So that 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 that's the hope there, and the philosophical side. And then the hope on the scientific side is that you know we've got the vaccines rolling out, not as fast as people like, but you know I'm sitting here thinking, you know, it's amazing that we even have them now. You know, mm-hmm. um, it, it was really a, a remarkable achievement of science that we even have them. Uh, and now this, they, there is something interesting though about the vac- about these vaccines is that some of them are not traditional vaccines. You know, like the Moderna and the Pfizer's are not like old school where you give a little bit of the, well, you know, like the dead virus to yeah. your body, your body responds and but. There's these these ones are actually you know this is a very simplistic understanding but they're using like your your body basically to generate the uh, the spiked protein so that your body can recognize it. and that's uncharted territory really is like we've ne- it's never been put in humans before so of course we have the trials and everything and the science is good and it shows that it's safe but I, I still just because it seems like that's the one we're giving everybody and it's kind of like really. Because it's never been in humans before. The only way to tell the long-term effects of this thing is, is you know, as, as having them inside humans for a long time. And normally, in a normal trial, that's why it takes so long. It takes years because, you know, you can really probably cure every disease. I've been told this. It's just that you have to, you have to anticipate what the cure is going to do to your body. You know, after it takes care of the disease. You know. Because these things are going in your body, and it's not like they're just, you know, zeroing in on a disease and destroying it. I mean, there's, there's other mechanisms and there's reasons um, that it heals it. So the the thing with this, probably great. It might even be like the new, and, and the reason they're doing this is it's cheaper, you know, because to, and rather than include the protein in the vaccine, they use your body to make the protein. So they're not, you know, so the vaccine becomes cheaper, and it may be that that's the new way to go. But myself, I'd rather have the, the old school traditional vaccine, AstraZeneca, you know, uh, Johnson & Johnson, they're making more traditional. So I my choice, that, that's what I would take. What, the Johnson & Johnson? Yeah, Johnson & Johnson or the AstraZeneca, those two are like more traditional vaccines. That would be it's old school technology, you know. The, the ones, the Moderna and the Pfizer, they just never, you can't say definitively that I mean, it, it sounds strange, right, that your body is going to make something that then you're going to fight against. That just seems like dangerous. You know, I want to be, become like an anti-vax person because I'm not. I'm saying take the traditional ones. The tried and true, I know how those work, you know. Yeah. I'm just a little bit concerned about giving, you know, this this huge amount of the population, this thing, you know, like. Yep. It just seems like weird. The body, the immune system is a very delicate balance of, you know, fighting disease, but also not like killing, you know, not killing you, you know? Like, so when something forms them, then it knows to attack it. Well, if you're if we're using our body, it just seems intuitively to me, if we're using the body to. You're breaking up. You're, you're breaking oh, up a little bit, and I really want to hear oh, what you're saying oh, right now. So I just want to make sh- want to make <laughs> yeah, sure yeah, yeah. that you're explaining. Sorry, can, um, can you hear me now? Yeah, I, I can hear you a little bit better. You you were just breaking up, so yeah. I just want to make sure that I can I can hear oh, the yeah, explanation, yeah. Um, yeah. especially the the difference between uh, Moderna and Pfizer and Johnson yeah, yeah. Johnson. So if you could just explain that again, uh, just yeah, okay. so I can hear it clearer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so. Yeah, the, the the AstraZeneca, Johnson Johnson, those are more traditional vaccines like we've had in the past. But the Moderna and Pfizer's uh, are using RNA to uh, create, and like I said, it's a very simplistic description. But essentially, it's using your body; it's using your your genetic code to create the spiked protein that your body is then fighting. Whereas, like in the other vaccines, the, the protein would be coming from the actual vaccine. So it's, it's creating something, and you know the science shows that it works. It's been tested, and you know I'm not saying it's, it's could be it could be great, you know, yeah. um, and it probably will be because uh, I'm trusting that the scientists have done their due diligence. But there is the the to me the the, the idea that your your body is going to create something. 
that your body is then going to also fight just seems like, yeah, it's going to, it's going to get, it's going to send off the coronavirus. But like, what is that setting a precedent for in your body? You know, it just seems like very dangerous ground to, to be treading on when we've never done it before. And we're rolling it out to like, not only people, but like some of the most important people, like our, you know, our healthcare workers and, you know, the frontline people, if somehow this, you know, does something bad to the body down the road, like, you know, we're kind of screwed. So, and it is, you know, and you can look these up. Anybody can look this up online. The difference is between the, uh, the vaccine, you know, it's pretty common. So has, so has the Johnson and Johnson, uh, vaccine come out yet? I think it's like just got approved. Um, it's a, it's lagging a little bit behind the other one. Um, but yeah, I think it just got approved and the AstraZeneca one actually, that's the one we were working on and, uh, processing some of the samples for AstraZeneca. So that one is not out yet. So that's the one also that they found the difference with the uh, doses actually, um, where they were saying that the smaller dose, remember they accidentally have the dose or something like that. And then they found out that that was actually more effective than the full dose. So, you know, like we're, we're in such like an early stage and there's so many unknowns and just the rushed nature of the science. You know, I just, you know, I, I pause really and think that you, you get what I'm saying here, right? It's, it's never been used. That, that's, that's a fact. It's never been administered to the human body. And it's like a whole new tech. You know, it just, it just it concerns me a little bit, but probably fine. You know, it's probably nothing. It's probably just my, my, because, you know, there's people who understand this at a far better scientific level that could probably tell you that, oh, there's no worries. It's only affecting this and this, but just the idea that your body, that it is going to be attacking something that your own body creates, just what else is the body going to then start doing? You know, it just seems like dangerous when the immune system is already such a frat, delicate, like push and pull, you know, it's uncharted ground is what I'm saying. That's, that can't be denied. So just throwing that out there. I'm so I'm hopeful this, <laughs> that this new tech works and everything's fine. And we, we combat this virus and it's, it's, it's uh, brought to a level at least where normal society can operate. Are you concerned that it was rushed? Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, it's never been done this quickly, you know, and it was way faster than my estimation or any, any estimation I've heard anyone say, you know. Now, of course, they're telling you, you know, that, that you know, everything's fine, and but you have to remember, you know, turn on any, any network station late at night and you'll see there's no shortage of lawyers suing pharmaceutical companies for this and that, so... It's not like pharmaceutical companies haven't made mistakes. And sometimes, you know, not only have they made mistakes, but they've been sort of nefarious in their dealings with said mistakes, you know. So, but all I'm saying is just people should know that it's never been used before in the human body. It's a new, it's a new tech. And I kind of stay away from new pharmaceuticals in general, like even in, in, you know, like cholesterol medications, for example, like I never want the newest one. I want the one that's been around like forever. You know, because that, that way we know we've done the longitudinal studies and we can, you know, we've seen people take this, you know, yeah, their whole life. You know, it, it, it's interesting with this conversation because, um, you know, we're talking about the vaccine and you and your family has been really impacted uh, by COVID um, throughout this past yeah. year. Um, I believe your father, your uncle, uh, first and foremost, uh, h- how is everyone doing on your side of, uh, of things? Uh, <clears throat> my, uh, they're, they're both doing fine now. Thank you. Um, talking to my dad <laughs> recently, you know, and, and he's, you know, he's one of these guys that was, you know, not believing in the virus at first. And then, well, you know, then when, when he saw some people getting it, well, it's not that bad. And then some people he worked with actually died from it mm. and still didn't seem to be taking it seriously enough. And then sure enough, he gets, it, you know, and, you know, he's sick for a few days. And he said he lost his ten- his sense of taste and smell, which seems horrific, right? And so I, I so he has it and it's like, 
three days had gone since his, his last, you know, symptom. So I'm talking to him and he's like, Oh, I'm going out to eat, you know, and his, by the way, his wife, my stepmother uh, also got it. And so they're like, Oh, we're going out to eat. Like right, right after they'd recovered, you know, like he's like, Oh, the CDC says three days, you know, you can go. And I'm like, has it really even been three days? Like seems more like two, like, why don't you just wait? It was a Friday night. I was like, why don't you just wait till Sunday? There'll be less people, especially if you go to a, a non-sports bar because it's the Super Bowl and, you know, just be safer. Give yourself a couple more days. And of course he did what he wanted to do and went out and ate. And I was like, well, and this is what I'm saying. Or people are just taking unnecessary risks. We're like, you just said like you don't have your sense of taste yet. So you're going out to spend a bunch of money on food to sit in a place with people in it. Also, you can eat food that you can't take, you know, just <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So there's just some, you know, he's people just aren't learning not not all people, but your uncle got pretty sick, though, right? <laughs> your, your uncle yeah, got uncle, pretty sick. Yeah, my uncle was in. Yeah, he actually had to go to the hospital. And when he he lives in Richmond, uh, Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. And uh, he, when he called the hospital, they had to actually send him to another place because they were full. Mm. And then he finally got into a place, and you know he he's recovered fine. The last I, the last I had heard, he was fine. Um, so yeah, so they've they've recovered, thankfully, you know. Um, and that was that. Um, and what was your question about? No, I was just uh, just wondering how the family's doing. I, I know you know we were talking about the vaccine and the impact, um, and I know that your family had been impacted. So just wanted to uh, see how your family was recovering and their thoughts on uh, everything that's happened. Uh, with them, but you know, um, is your was your uncle a believer before <laughs> he he got I, sick, and what I, is his thought process now? Well, you know, I I didn't talk to him that much actually during before that. So I, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I know the angle he took. You know, he's a he's an avid Fox News watcher, and, and you know, so I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. You know, and my cousin Pat, and all you know, all my family from the East Coast. And my mom's side of the family are kind of, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're good-hearted people. They're fun people, but they, you know, they don't really look into things too much. So I'm assuming that he, he was not too serious about it. I think he knows how he got it. He said he talked to a neighbor without his mask. And he forgot. But, you know, who knows how much he was actually wearing his mask to begin with, mm. you know. So, <laughs> so, you know, it could have been probably multiple places, but. Yeah, he would probably be in the camp of not taking it seriously. And what, what do you what are you thinking about the new uh, the new variants now? Um, you know, the the CDC and other individuals are saying now to double mask, especially if you're wearing a cloth mask to wear a double mask. Uh, what yeah. are your thoughts now that we're seeing so many different variants? Um, you know, um, you know, to bring it back to sports, uh, the Australian Open is happening right now. They've got a variant out there. Australia has been uh, super great uh, with uh, the way they've been reacting to uh, COVID. They've now shut down uh, Australia again for another five days before they reevaluate. We're seeing different strains uh, in different parts of the world. And obviously, everybody's handling things differently all around the world. You know, what are your thoughts about now hearing these different variants that are popping up? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of scary that, you know, um, apparently one of the the, the coronavirus was... uh, was inside an infected patient for like a long time. I guess he he was like critical for like 60 days or some extremely amount, long amount of time. And apparently the virus mutated within him just inside this person. And uh, it had to its advantage. Like a lot of times viruses apparently will, they will um, mutate, but it will not be to their advantage. So it'll, it'll destroy them faster. But in this case, the virus got stronger in the way I had seen someone describe it to me as like, well, actually it was on NPR. They had like a little thing where they were showing like an illustration of like what, what, what essentially happened. And it looks like, like at the end of the spike of the, of the Corona on the, on the, on the virus, if you had like a Lego piece and it had like a two, two, uh, peg Lego piece trying to fit it into a one peg Lego piece, you know, it doesn't really fit. 
but then now apparently the new virus fits better with the protein that it's going to attach to um, in your body. So, and now it's actually a better fit. Essentially, it's a better. It's a, instead of being like a forced puzzle piece, now it's more like a exact puzzle piece. Oh, that's you great. know, like you, you know, it's, yeah. So that's kind of how that's the way that it looked to me from this illustration. Like I said, you know, it's probably much more elegant scientific ways to describe it. No, you know, that's, so that's, that's perfect. Everybody knows what a Lego piece well, looks like, and yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. And now that apparently it had enough time to incubate and be in a body and figure out how this thing really works, he's like, oh. Okay, I, I know how to make this uh, fit. So yeah, yeah. great. <laughs> so like yeah, I mean, and you know, I always follow that. The Einstein always talked about how like when you're talking about scientific principles, um, you know, you should be able to explain them simply. That's why E equals M C squared. Everybody knows that. Yeah. But no, but nobody knows an entire chalkboard full of an equation. You know, you have to be able to like simplify things for people. And he used to say that if you can't explain something in layman's terms, then you don't understand it well enough. And I always thought that was. He's right. You know, like if you can't explain it to somebody, what what value is it? All right, let, let, let's let's kind of uh, let's change gears a little bit here, but we'll stay with uh, stay on course a little bit. As a writer, if you were writing a screenplay, I, I know you know you've done a lot of writing, and uh, and you just finished a screenplay recently. If you knew that this patient was there and this monster virus had finally figured out how to combat the the body and has figured out and now layered the Lego piece in the right place, would the hero of the movie sacrifice himself and kill everyone so the rest of the planet survived? Like, like I I now want to appease this, and I know this is a little crazy, but, you know, this is what we do here. You know, if you're writing this story out, how are you... uh, you know, changing the ending of this story. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. By the way, I have to send you the screenplay too. There was a, a couple little tweaks I wanted to make to it, but but um, I did, wait. I didn't send it to you, right? No, no, no. Okay, <laughs> I was about to say like, did I send? It? Okay, yeah, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. I sent it to a few people, and you may even want, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't think you were. So. Anyway, I'll get that to you. But so you're saying, like, if I'm writing the screenplay, yeah, knowing what you know now, you have a patient right. there, sixty days. This virus is now mutated. It's a variant. You know, it's going to be something that could be unleashed on the public. You have your hero. You have your scenario. Hero's got to make a tough decision. What kind of decisions the hero making in order to, you know, finish off this film? You know what? What you know? Every life matters. Uh, Sacrificing life. You know, blowing up the building, destroying everything. You know, because someone stole a sample and it's now on its way. Like, what? What are we looking at here? (laughs) You know, when we could get back to the movies, hopefully one day, and and this is up on the big screen. How are you? writing the ending of this oh my god man I mean the, the setup you had there for the, the movie sounds kind of like one of those action it sounds like a Fast and Furious kind of deal right where where there's a lot of like action and, and you know that kind of deal right it would kind of be like uh, what was the movie with Will Smith where he's oh Legend he's at the Legend yeah yeah I just watched that the other day because I, I, I realized by, it was by the way virus. if you get a chance the book is fantastic oh okay yeah and I, I believe it because the movie was good. Actually. The yeah, movie was there, like, there's a lot more uh, with the book. Yeah, there's a lot more. So I don't I don't want to give anything away, but uh, there's definitely more. And, and by the way, it was it's a great movie. I, I really like the movie. Yeah, um, it was I, better than I thought it would. Be. My daughter watched the movie and. Uh, she was just heartbroken when it came to the dog um, oh, yeah, being infected. Dog, I mean, she was just, I mean, who wasn't, right? I mean, if, unless you're not a dog lover or something like that, she right. was just she was just really torn apart. Like, she was just so upset at that point uh, of the movie. But, uh, yeah, anyway, great movie. So, go ahead. T- tell, the, tell the story here. How, so, how are like, we finishing off this movie? Yeah, so it sounds kind of like, you know, you're... you're um you know, and I didn't realize it was a virus component to that movie, so I watched it. And the the, the people who come in zombies, it kind of got me thinking. If I was going to write a fictional thing about this virus, it would be like, you know, the vaccine has some sort of mutative effect because it's essentially, you know, the, like I said, it's using the RNA and it gets your imagination going. And uh, so maybe like, you know, 
you know, people become mutants based on this thing. So then it becomes kind of like X-Men, I guess, you know, you'd have like, like a side of people that somehow mutated like to the, to the benefit of society and maybe, maybe, you know, half of them didn't or some kind of divide like that. Right. So you have like the two opposing forces. Yeah. And, and, um, Hero, man. What, what, yeah, what would the hero do? I, I think the hero's got to take everybody out, <laughs> and, and, and he has to sacrifice himself. Wow! So he just starts over. So he's he's basically just like hitting reset on Earth. Yeah, he's 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 got he or, or just you know uh, you know taking out the town or, or depending you know who's got the variant now you know the the bad guys got the variant you know uh, they've offered yeah. him you know uh, you know ten billion dollars to get that that variant uh, to a certain government so they could spread it and destroy their enemies and then uh, you know whatever cause they want so you know the hero realizes what's going on. And has to find a way to, you know, get the variant. And the only way he could do it is by uh, sacrificing himself, you know, or, or whatever case may be. But I think that's the way yeah. we got to do it. And, you know, at that point, you know, the social media just says, oh, you know, there was a plane crash and, you know, somewhere. And, uh, you know, apparently there was only one on board and there was a loss of life. And, uh, you know, that was it or something like that. Not really telling the, the real story that, you know, this entire town was decimated and, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, you know, if it wasn't for him, the whole planet would be at risk and could all turn into these you know you know mutant variants of this you know killer virus or something like that so uh yeah you oh, know man. we 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 gotta we gotta go that route <laughs> you know it was funny you were talking about npr before and then uh you had tweeted that you said am, am i the only one that listens to npr while i play uh madden football yeah, you're, you're a big day. you're a big esports guy especially when it comes to madden football uh and and that tweet just cracked me up uh, tell me i yeah. are, are you the only person that would listen to npr playing madden <laughs> I, you know i might be you know because there's a lot of people that listen to npr and a lot of people that play madden but like are they doing it at the same time why npr when you're playing madden <laughs> what what are you listening to like what version well i mean are you at well, that point are you running any complex offenses or is just like dive right and dive left because it's just no. uh, yeah. What are you doing here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, here's, uh, you know, I think I probably am the only, you know, person, first of all. But That's the first so, time so I've ever like, heard of it. But, I, I, yeah. I listen, I follow video games, but not at that level. So we're, we're going to have to put a poll out there and see if, there anybody, if there's anyone else uh, in the gaming world that can relate. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I also listen to it on the, uh, on an old school radio to boot. Like, I just, I have, you know actual radio with like an antenna and everything. Oh, you um, got a little transit, uh, transistor yeah, radio? Well, oh my God, this is crazy. It's not, well, it's not a transistor, but it's, it's like one of those, uh, it's like, it's replicated to look like an old time radio. It's also a record player. Oh um, my God. I love it. I, I told you, man, I was like, one of the big things with me is I, I want to go backwards in tech kind of, you know, like I only write now on the typewriter. Like that's, that's the only place I write anymore, like creatively. I love so it. After I finished, after I finished the screenplay, I'm going to that, you know, and so, I'm going low tech is what I'm trying to say. And, and no, I no, we playing. call it nostalgic. What's that? Nostalgic. You, you, it's yeah, just nostalgic. it's all nostalgia, right? So yeah, it, it, it sounds better. Right, and and Gen X, you know, my generation, they they never get enough of nostalgia. You know, like we love, we don't, you know, we love like everything that comes back. You know, like oh, they're gonna make a new Full House. Oh, they're gonna make. They're bringing back Max Headroom. Like we we love when shit comes back. No, are, are they bringing back a Max <laughs> Max Headroom? I had heard, you know, but they bring back everything. I was just saying, like an example, like we we just love when things come back, you know, garbage bail kids or whatever, whatever it is. Like, Listen, it, it, it is so funny. You're saying things that that most people are not going to know. Unfortunately, right. I know all of it. I know right. the garbage pail kids, collector cards, uh, you know. Um, you know, Cabbage Patch Kids. My 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 wife was ecstatic when she finally got one. For I believe it was either Christmas or her birthday uh, when she got one. Max Headroom, which I think was only maybe two seasons, yeah. maybe. Yeah, it wasn't uh, on Max that Headroom. One. I mean, uh, you know, there there were so many great uh, different things, and um, Max Headroom, besides the show. Anyone that came up in that era would really know it for. I believe it was the Pepsi commercials. 
It was the Pepsi yeah, commercials yeah, it, that was really popular, and then from there they made this TV show on ABC. Yeah, they, well, remember they would try everything back then, you know. If, if one, you know, because stuff would get like popular and blow up for like a week, and then all the networks would be like, "Oh, let's make an entire show about that." It was a great time, you know. <laughs> Charlie became just, a like, show. The eighties just had so much money that they just every idea that a- they American they came to their head. hero. <laughs> You remember American Hero? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? I liked it, yeah. This guy with powers, and every time he saw oh, yeah. red, he would lose his powers and go crashing into something else if he was running full yeah. speed or something. I mean, you name it. Um, I was being nostalgic um, maybe a couple months. I think it was a couple, three, four months ago. Um, I, I get on these weird kicks where I want to go back and look at stuff. So I'll go through a kick of, like, I started season one, episode one of Frasier. And I started oh, Cheers man. over and, you know, and, and, and things like that. So the last nostalgic thing that I went back to was Perfect Strangers. Oh, man. We just mentioned that show the other night. Uh, Shabai and I were talking about per- – we brought up Perfect Strangers. We now do the reason. dance of joy. I mean – there was, that, it, was, yeah. it was perfect. So, uh, you know, it's a great time. And, and for all of the weirdness and craziness, I mean, it was just a fun experimental time also yeah. with entertainment. Uh, one of the things that, that was really popular and that came out and, and you know, sticking with your uh, you know, fandom of video games was, you know, Super Mario. You know, yep. Super Mario, I put it up there as one of the best games ever. You know what? What's your best game ever, or games ever? When if you have to reflect and look back upon? Well, you know my son, you know my son Joe loves Sonic the Hedgehog. Actually, both of my kids now love Sonic. The Hedgehog. That's a great that's one. Like, that's their jam, you know. So like, um, they're all about him. But um, man, the greatest game I'd have, I'd have to say either Miss Pac-Man or Tetris. Classics. Yeah, I mean I can play those all day, even though it's a very simple like. You know, over and over game, but those two, and I'm actually good at Tetris. Like I can, you, you know, keep it going for a while, even when yeah, it, yeah, when, yeah, even yeah. when it starts getting fast. Oh yeah, yeah, my, yeah. In fact, I'm so good at it that, like, you know, normally, like, my wife won't watch me play games. You know, like Madden or something. She doesn't care. But like when I'm playing Tetris, like so, she and like other people will like actually like crowd around the TV because like they can't believe that I'm getting out of these situations where like the blocks are falling like so fast that you can barely even process what it is i don't know why i'm just like a savant at that game no oh, um, we're gonna have to get what it get on twitch or something <laughs> like that and do a uh, yeah. tetris uh yeah. a game that that'd be great uh, a, a classic for me is uh tech mobile uh, you know, oh, Tec- yeah, yeah. Tecmo Bowl. Yeah. I, I know as a Madden fan, uh, you know, Tecmo Bowl was a it was a big one. If if you had the Raiders and Bo Jackson and Marcus Allen, they, you pretty much were unstoppable, uh, yeah. the unstoppable uh, combination uh, when playing that game. I mean, there's so many great games. Um, but let, let's get back to Madden real quick. So, so Madden, yeah. So uh, you know, Madden. I played a lot when I was younger. And then I hadn't played for like the past decade, decade and a half, you know, like so 2006 or seven or so. That's probably like the last time I really ever played the game, you know, uh, regularly. And it was with one of my buddies. And so, uh, yeah, so, so I was like, well, you know, and we, we got a PS4, you know, my dad got it for the kids for Christmas a couple years ago. So I was like, you know, let me get mad. Let me, let me get back into Madden now. So I played a season, you know, we talked about all that and how my tragic ending of my undefeated season and all that. But <laughs> no, no, but, <laughs> just, just say it real quick for, for anyone that's listening for the first time, uh, what had happened um, and unfortunately what had happened. Oh, but the, you know, yeah, so, yeah, so I was undefeated. Um, I'm the Seahawks, you know, I got them going. I'm, I'm rolling through the season. I get to the end and I'm playing the Falcons at home in Seattle, like, this should be an easy game. And I think it was even raining. Like, you know, the Falcons, dome team, here they are, Northwest. My team's dominant. And uh, I, I even I started off with, like, I think an 11-0 lead or something because I always go for two. And, you know, so I'm, I'm rolling, it's, and then and I just lost the game, somehow blew the game. But and that ended my, my undefeated season to the Atlanta Falcons at home in Seattle. It's great. Um, so, but this season, so... So, uh, you know, so my wife gets me Madden, Madden 21, the update. And I told her, actually, before Christmas, I was like, yeah, you only have to get that for me, you know, but she gets it anyway. 
And so she got me this thing that, um, she got me this, this package that like it had to, it said something like you get a, you get this package for Madden ultimate team. And I'm like, that came with the game. It's like a special add on where they give you the, the code to put it in, you know? And, uh, so I put it in and I don't really know what it is, you know? So I look at Madden ultimate team and I'm like, it's kind of interesting. So you, you Madden ultimate team basically is like your online Madden, but your teams are, you start off, everyone starts off with like a basic team. So Madden, the players have ratings of like 60 to 99, anywhere in that range. And so your team starts off, you start off with this basic team with like well, Michael P. Ryan, you know, like players that, you know, aren't really that notable yet. <clears throat> and you play these challenges and when you beat the challenges, you get, uh, you get like points and training and things like that. And then you can go like either they award you players or like you can go to like, uh, you can auction, you can buy them at like auctions. So like, and essentially what you're doing is you're, you're creating like a, it's like collecting baseball cards, but except the card set is your team, you know? So like the way I showed, you know, I gave you that picture, but so you like, you have your team set up and it's like, an actual, there's actually like a card for the players. So it's like, it'll have like a special design on it or something, you know, and, and, but basically the rating is what you're looking at. So like nine, obviously like 95 and above is like the sweet spot where you want to get your players. So I went online to play like when I, when I first got it and had my team set up. And, uh, by the way, my, my team name is, uh, the Deacon blues, the Deacon, what Deacon blues, Deacon blues. Yeah, and and the, re, the that name comes from a Steely Dan song called, uh, you know, fittingly enough, uh, Deacon Blues. <laughs> but um, so, and the song the the and the the song is about a loser basically, right? And he's and and the line goes, uh, they got it made for the winners in the world. I want a name when I lose. They call Alabama the Crimson Tide. Call me Deacon Blues. Nice. So it's about a you know so it's it's a song about a self-described loser you know, and it's about his life and the song whatever but you know so that's that's where the name comes from. I just thought it'd be funny you know name your team after a loser so, um and I love Steely Dan it's one of my my favorite bands so anyway, so that's my team name so I go in to play somebody and I'm playing somebody and I have my little shit team out there right with like 65 ratings and 70 ratings and I'm like yeah you know here we go and. I, I play the game and I'm just getting stumped. You know, it's like 48 nothing within like minutes, you know, like somehow. And I was like, what's going on here? Like, this doesn't seem like <laughs> possible that I could be this bad at the game. And then I realized that before I really understood what Madden team was, that like the, his team was like all 99. Not only that, but he had like Dick Night Train Lane and <laughs> Barry Sanders. And like, I was like, what the hell are these players doing in the game? You know, and like, and then I realized that like, the game has like it's, they have players from the past in it too, you know. So like, you can get players that you know aren't even alive or in the game, you know. Like so, I had it's kind of a nod to my dad, you know. I had uh, he loved Dan Marino, and yeah. so and he would really loved like early days Marino, like when he came in the league. So I, I put 1984, probably coked up Dan Marino. <laughs> yeah. On, on my team, and so like I use him because he has a lightning release, you know, and, and like good throwing power. Like Mahomes is the guy I mainly use, you know, because he's freakish, but he's like a real life video game guy. But um, but I use Marino sometimes. But yeah, so like you can use players from all over time, you know, and so that's why. And then I realized, okay, this is what's happening. This is how you get the players. Then I started to kind of understand what was happening. So you have to build your team, and either you can. Either you can like buy it with actual money, you know, so yeah. like the team store online. But I mean, the prices are ridiculous. I mean, like yeah, I, I, I never, I never buy anything. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm the yeah. one fool that's out there, just like, all right, it'll take me eight months to right, finally yeah. get enough, you know, uh, you know, uh, rubles to, uh, you know, get three guys or something like that. No, I, right. I just, I, I just, I can't. It's, it's just, it's no, no, just ridiculous yeah. to me. Yeah, I'm totally like you. Like, I'm just, I'm going to earn all these players. So, I mean, it, I mean, I've, I've like spent entire nights trying to get like a 97 Jamal Adams, you know, on my team. Yeah. Just yeah. to like go, just to go through enough challenges or like win enough 
you know, head-to-head games online because you can get a lot of points if you beat people online. But the problem is, though, everybody who plays online, it's not like matchup based. You can do like salary cap style where like the teams are a little more even, but you have to like pay coins to do it. So if you just want to like play a free game and, and have a chance to win the coins, you can play, but they randomly match you up. And, and usually you're going to be re- matched up with like people with like teams filled with like 98, 99 players and they just stomp you. And it's not even, you know, I mean, cause you can play essentially a perfect game against those teams and still lose, you know, cause you can throw a pass perfect guys wide open and his safety will come and knock the ball out like it's just you know what i'm saying it's impossible yeah I, I have trouble playing online for, <laughs> for, for those that. reasons uh, you know but now but now now that I've, I've been playing for a while and i'm starting to like compile a team that can kind of like compete like ratings wise now i'm starting to win so now i've actually won 20 like head-to-head matchups online against <clears throat> against like teams that are like quite a bit better than me you know yeah um, but the thing is, I think a lot of people, like you got a rich kid on there or something that just comes on and buys the theme. Yeah, yeah. Well, well mommy, well, I'm uh, I'm using the credit card and buying uh, you know everybody ninety nine <laughs> at, at four. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these so, prices are ridiculous. You you could spend a hundred dollars yeah. on some oh, of these yeah, packages. Yeah. I mean, it's it's utter ridiculous. It, 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 to me, it's like, unfair, but you know, it's a great way yeah. for them to make money. But just yeah. uh, just the concept of it, so, it's really unfair. So I like that, uh, you know. So I, you know, I like that you can, you can, yes, you can buy the team, or you can also earn your way up. And if you play, like, like I was telling Shazai, like if you play, it's kind of like life, right? Like if you, if I'm playing like all these games with a lesser team, but it's kind of like swinging a bat with a donut on it. Like once you take the donut off and you have this bat without the donut, it's like oh my, this is like easy to swing. So like. So, like, as you're playing with the lesser players, once you do get the upgrades to the players, suddenly, like, the game becomes easier, you know, because you've been battling so long with these slower players. And, you know, so, like, now that I'm getting, like, 95 players on my team and I'm starting to, like, squat up, I'm starting to be able to beat people, even if they're better than me, just because I can outskill them. Because they're, you know, they're so used to, like, just coming in and just walloping people. Just, just smashing everybody. Yeah, and, and they quit very quickly, too. Like, I know it's like, if I... If I even score on them or something or get an interception, they quit like immediately. They, you know, yeah. they don't even hang around. You and, still get and, the and, win, but all right, good. Save save you time. Yeah. It just saves you time. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I love, yeah, I love a good cheap win, you know. <laughs> but um, but I, I got really, yeah, I got really into like the strategy. It's almost like I was telling you, I like Madden is almost like the chess of like my era. Because you, know? you, you can get in there and play a game and like really strategize. So I got really into like Ricky Williams. I was watching the thirty for thirty on him. I've always been really fascinated by him. Like, like it's we funny you bring him up. Him. Uh, you know, I, I spoke. Uh, I spoke about uh, Ricky Williams the other day. It's it's a, it's incredible. I mean, I haven't heard Ricky Ricky Williams' name in years, and now yeah. I've heard his name uh, twice in the last three days. And we were talking about how many carries he had. Um, oh yeah, his last couple of years, and it was something like seven hundred and eighty carries in 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 just a few seasons. Yeah, it was the most in, ever right in history. It, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it it was Nick Saban. Nick Saban was the coach of Miami. He was just like, "Hey, Ricky, run, Ricky, run." And after that, Ricky was like, "You know what? I'm done. I'm I'm out of the league. I'm gonna go smoke some weed. I'm gonna go relax. My body <laughs> right. hurts, and I am." absolutely done but we yeah. looked up we, we, I didn't look it up I was like I said I was talking with a buddy and, and he mentioned the numbers I mean it's astronomical it was something like averaging like 26 carries a game not including yeah. you know swing passes and you know everything else that, right. that's involved in the offense um, it, it's just it's just one of one of those things and I think if R- Ricky Williams would have came out Maybe in 2021, and I'm not sure. We'll see where Saquon Barkley winds up and ends up in his uh, career. Um, how they would have handled uh, Ricky Williams and his load, and obviously it matters so much uh, what team you go to, right? I mean, it doesn't matter how great of a player you are, uh, whether it's a you know a Derek Carr when he came out, then you know he he goes to uh, Houston and you know becomes nothing. And, and becomes the most sacked quarterback uh, in the NFL. 
you know, at the time or, you know, any anybody else that kind of ends up in a in a great situation. Speaking of a sack quarterback, uh, someone that's been complaining about the amount of sacks that he has had. Uh, he's yeah. leading the league uh, in sacks since he's been in the NFL. And that's uh, Russell Wilson. I know you're a Seattle fan in uh, Seahawks and Mariners. Um, what, what were your thoughts about Russell Wilson? When he mentioned um, two things, right? Yeah. One, um, I like some input on some of the decision making you guys are making, and uh, two, um, I'm tired of getting sacked. Yeah, you know, and and he's ta- now there was one thing that's kind of weird about that. He's talking about getting sacked, but like with the Seahawks, you know, another one of his his complaint off. Last offseason was that, you know, let Russ cook, you know, let him throw. And how have they not been protecting him that well, considering they run so much? That, that was the first part that I was, you know, because it's not like the, the Bengals with Joe Burrow where he's just dropping back every down, you know. Yeah. Seahawks run a lot. So I don't I mean, the line must be absolute garbage, first of all, because they're, they're not having to protect him like 50 times a game of dropbacks. You know, it's not like he's Andrew Luck. So that's the first thing. Like that line must be just atrocious. And then, and then for him to even say that, you know, like cause that's kind of an insult to his teammates. But I mean, but he's right. You know, they they have to protect him. And then they have been kind of like neglectful of offensive line. Like I've heard that, uh, you know, they're they just think that they can take you know defensive players and, and train them how to do it. Like they're really like they don't really respect the position and. And that was one of the things that Madden too. I was going to say is that I I, I soup up my I get the best offensive line because because people neglect the offensive line. You know, yeah. it's like the players online they just want all the superstars and all that. But I figured out that you know it's all about matchups, right? And it's all them. So if I can win the offensive line matchups, they have a ninety five, ninety six. They maybe have an eighty two or something. And I have Ricky Williams and ninety five Ricky Williams in there. You know, I can I can blaze up a joint and just run all day. And <laughs> me, and Ricky, the, me, day. me and Ricky, me and me and Run, yeah, Ricky, you run. run. You're right, yeah, you take three-yard chunks, and it's just like, and, and they lose, and, you know, so you have a drive that you can essentially eat the entire half, and I don't even have to mess around with, like, getting intercepted by his 99, you know, free safety or whatever. So, like, I found a way to kind of, like, just, and then and then you eat up a half, so, that, like, when they get the ball back, they start getting, like, panicky because the game's running out, and so then they start throwing picks and everything. And I, I, you know, I made my defense like really good because I'm not great at defense. So I need the players to be like really good. You know, I'm pretty good at offense, but defense, I really need the computer to help me kind of. So I, so I have like stacked defensive back, you know, Jamal Adams, Minka Fitzpatrick, like Jalen Ramsey, 1986 Deion, or 996 Deion Sanders, like, you know, that kind of stuff. Oh, wow. So, so, so I'm souped up. But anyway, back to the offensive line. So, you know, it's an important part of the game that I think a lot of people like just undervalue. And as far as Wilson goes, <clears throat> I like Wilson. You know, he, he's like a once in a generation talent. He's the kind of guy that, like, and any game what Russell Wilson starts, you feel like they could win. Like, the Chiefs could come here and feel like you could win. Like, you know, Wilson can can win any game he plays in, and that's a rare thing to have. And there's not a lot of quarterbacks that are like that, you know. Even like really good ones, like Matt Stafford, he's never going to win anything, you know. So, and, oh, and Jared whoa, Goff. whoa, whoa! So, so I, I, I guess you don't <laughs> approve. Oh, I'm not sure if approve, right? So, are you happy? You know, you're going to root for the Seahawks, right? So are you happy oh, yeah. that the Rams traded for Stafford? They got rid of Golf, a 2021 third round pick, a 2022 first round pick, yeah. and a 2023 first round pick. That's unbelievable, so, man. That's crazy. I mean, and, and I'm never like Jared Goff. First of all, I, I just always thought he was way too like robotic. He's just he's just not my kind of quarterback. You know, kind of like Derek Carr. I just don't they just don't play the, the way I like the quarterback the position plate, you know, they're, they're like technically good, but like, I just don't, they're, 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 uh, they're, they're, you know, they're, like... ni- they're 1990s quarterbacks in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> You're exactly right. It's the perfect way to put it. Like there's these boring kind of guys. So like, and I like gunslingers too, like the Farbs of the world, you know, and, and even like Aaron Rodgers. I like those kind of guys too. It's not that I necessarily love the running around and stuff, but 
but yeah, just golfers. Just like it seems like if anything gets thrown off, that's why I never really got too much into Peyton Manning either because he had a very like kind of seemed like a robotic game, you know. Like, and when it came time to like you know the crunch times and the time where you needed like the little imp- improvising, it just seemed like he wasn't that good, you know. Um, so, so, like so what were your see, thoughts on the Rams when making that so, trade for Stafford? So, so yeah, so the Rams. It's a, it's a good move for them because I, I, I you know I'd like to see Stafford win something because you know he's he's had a good career he's been a tough player, um, and McVeigh can probably put something together that you know that would uh, help elevate his game definitely more than probably what Matt Patricia and company were doing or Jim Bob Cooter or whoever they had at the time as their offensive coordinator Jim Bob Cooter um, you know you know what I mean like I'm sure that they're going to be it's going to be an upgrade over over that situation for him and for the Rams cuz Goff Goff is just I think McVeigh realizes that he's just not the guy that's going to win Super Bowl for you you know you're going to need something a little better than that even though their defense is great you know they're just going to need a little better quarterback play but you know, but to but back to Wilson for a second. Like he's, I don't. I mean, first of all, could you imagine the prospect or the uh, the draft haul they would get if they traded him? Could you imagine? 